what it is what's up got your podcast in the cut the Telesis a societal podcast and um you know I, I put the speaking of society you know I'd, you know I, I think I have a masturbation addiction you know I think that's a thing um I was about to indulge in that, but I had a thought. I want to ask. I have like a couple of podcasts. Like I always have at least two or three podcast ideas on my head at any moment. But it's all about if I get them done. And uh, with this one, to get it done, uh, I'm gonna get it done. You usually tell when the ones that I do are just spur in the moment because I don't do multiple segments. I just get them done. And this is gonna be another one. It's not gonna be very formatted, but it's about um, emo rap slash kind of towards the end of his life pop. Uh, artist, little peep, uh, peeper, peeper, um, was always a very vocally, uh, diverse individual. Um, you know, I'm not to say he was like fucking Freddie Mercury and like, like crescendos and shit, but like he was in, in his genre, which kind of came more stuff after his death and after, you know, he got established and more people realized that was a, a lane. Um, I don't think that many people really put as much passion and heart into the shit they were saying as he was. And a lot of the time, a lot of his makeup contemporary and previous genres, uh, Kurt Cobain, uh, a lot of time the fucking, if you got into a, a, a situation where it's just unintelligible, but you still felt that emotion, that was enough for his music sometimes. But as you know, as that genre of his became more established, uh, kind of emo, uh, punk, hip hop, um, people wanted more than just like, you know, very, uh, not to say anything, but kind of naive and, and youthful emotion. Um, you know, more developed sound as I think with a lot of genres, you know, you kind of want more, uh, meat pause, uh, out of the whole thing. You want to flesh it out. And his early songs kind of show that he had a little bit of actual songwriting chops. Uh, a lot of what he was centered around in his like you know, 20, I think 2014, he had um, that that gym class song, but it might be 2015. But I know for a fact 2015, he has a lot of stuff. Like, um, the gym class song, um, I, the one with the dove on it, um, I'm trying to think right now. I'm I should probably just pull, let me just pull up his uh, discography real quick. But yeah, he um, he he was really you know if if you watch this discography, not discography, uh, documentary on Netflix, a big part of him was that he just felt repressed. Um, and when you feel oppressed, you know, as someone who you know, I don't, I don't have nearly the ability to express myself that Peep had, but you know, just as a writer, um, when you want to just get that shit out, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily the most coherent uh fashion sometimes it's just more about you know just throwing it out there and hoping that somebody can relate you know and i think that was really a big part of his season was just kind of hoping they can find somebody else like him and if you look at his friends a lot of his friends a lot of people look at oh you know they're not you know they don't have much talent or they're not very good or you know this and that that they seem to be just siphoning off of his ability and a lot of that is true but to me, I don't think it was ever about having, like, the coolest uh, friends or the guy who seemed, like, the most likable. It was, you know, just about finding people that was like him. And uh, I'm going through a couple... His playlists don't reflect his, his projects, which annoyed me. But, yeah, um, Cry Baby, I think it was 2016 project. 
California Girls. I think it was also 2016. Um, but the ship before this is what I was looking for. The ship before that, very... Kind of hard to listen to in comparison to some of the uh, later stuff because of just how raw it was and how not really coherent some of it was. But his hooks, he always had good hooks. He was, I, to me, Peep has some of the best hooks I've ever like heard in in kind of the emo rap lane. Like, I'm a big fan of Etz. I would say he might, honest to God, have better hook game than Etz. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who I think would. Because, I mean, Etz kind of came into, you know, like, he released all this SoundCloud shit. And he took, like, a, you know, a, I think about a, pretty much a year absence due to whatever, you know, his legal troubles. And he came back as, you know, a more, I think, fleshed out person. So, you know, he kind of had time to ruminate. on. Uh, so, it's like a big gap in just him as, him as a human being that I think is reflective in his, his skill that after he came out of, you know, prison, I mean, he was releasing shit like Revenge where, you know, he was doing like Diplo songs and shit. So it, it was, it's a little bit different. It's not like a, a natural progression, so to speak. It's kind of like an Earl Sweatshirt. Earl Sweatshirt came as a very raw individual, raw artist. And then he leaves, has time, like virtually an entire year to ruminate on, you know, what happened musically and physically to himself. And he comes back as a far more mature human being. It's like a time skip in like One Piece or Naruto Bleach or some shit like that. And Peep didn't have that. You know, he had a na- he had a natural curve. And I think you start getting to about... For me, I say Hellboy. You get to about Hellboy. And you, you have an individual who has now done just the, you know, SoundCloud shit. The, the, the shows. Establishing oneself for, I think, about two years. I think he started in 2014, I want to say. Maybe 2013, late 2013. But he was grinding for two or three years at this point. And then Hellboy comes out. And Hellboy is like his first... Even if you watch it, if you look like read his interviews about that particular um, that particular project, it's pretty much him like actually establishing and saying it's that so that he's established himself as this real artist that was really coming out here to put out album. Like done with the EPs, done with the little mixtapes, the pieces. He wanted to make a whole, and you can really feel that this is a person taking a large step as artist not just you know it's a young teen yada yada as an artist and shit like um you know worlds away um walkways the door slams um very you know I, I think all the the main songs on that album that people really have streamed uh were very remember memorable because of the hooks and i mean everybody remembers the good hook but like very good hooks like um Cobain was uh, another one. Uh, pretty much all his stru- song structures on that project, now I think about it, were like verse, hook, and then usually another guest verse or hook verse. Usually he didn't have two verses on any of those songs. I'm trying to think, but like I can't off the top of my head think of any of that has two verses. So, you know, in a way, I guess hooks do have pretty much equal importance to his verses, but. You know, even in that, those verses are usually pretty good. Like, I, th- I think that if you compare some of this shit from, like, his, you know, the the the, the Peep EP, the one that has, like, like, an actual, like, little bird on it. I'm trying to remember the actual title of it. Feels. Yeah, Feels. Came out 2015. His first first ever EP. You compare this to some shit, like, fucking, I don't know, like, I'm really, I'm a huge fan of that verse on Walk Away as the Door Slams. 
that, that that's a that's like probably one of his stronger verses. I feel like so you can probably have something like that. Um, I mean, it's just you know clear evolution uh, of, of a person. Drive by, you know. I mean, it's, even his song is hit making ability took a massive step in that album, and then you get from there to um, you know his ultimate or not ultimate, but his final living project. Um, uh, Come over in your sober part one, which I played a gross amount of times uh, in 2017 and 18. Um, I mean, this this people would get pissed because it's like an actual like this. You know, the concept of an album slash mixtape was very prominent in the 2010s. You could contend that Hellboy is kind of like in the same lane as um, Drake's uh, 2015 album, uh, Too Late. Reading is too late. Or some other, you know, similarly constructed projects where it's like, it's just have mixtape, it's just have album. You kind of can pick and choose whatever one you want to call it based on what kind of metrics it does, you know, who, how people perceive it, yada, yada, yada. Um, Hellboy, I would say, is in the same lane. It's not like, it feels like an album. It's kind of got the same glossy studio feel as an album, but I, I think it still has enough raw songs on there that kind of feels SoundCloudish, so you could call it a mixtape. It wasn't released as an album uh, until, you know, recently, so you can call it what it is, but Come Over to Part 1, definitely an album, uh, even though it's, you know, by the length of an EP, definitely an album, uh, kind of cuts off a lot of the fact that I think really plagued the last early EPs, um, cuts off the, the loose fast far as features goes, definitely. He, I think Peep had some of the worst features as relative to the, the talent of the artist the primary artist like um Carpet Group I'm not a fan of him whatsoever uh Fat I think he had Fat Nick on there a couple times um that Wicca Wicca dude or what the fuck Wicca with Garden Face and shit like that fucking terrible uh I, I like Tracy but Tracy was even more youthful and young in his in his maturity as an artist than Pete was at the same time um you can kind of feel that in some of I feel like if you think of like, is it Walk Away to Door Slams? The one we talk about, you know, I have a Samsung, Charlie One Skype, I have a Samsung. Is either that or, uh, no, I think it's that one. Um, just, just, he was like younger as a person, uh, I feel like mentally than the people at that point. Um, it's another one that, that he used to, he really, really featured with that I can't think of right now. But if I looked at his album just right this very moment, I could probably tell. Yeah, he just really worked with a lot of people that were not, like, very good. And this album, I don't know if, you know, it was made with the idea that, like, I'm trying to distance myself from these people. Uh, cause I know he even, like, you know, died still hanging out with some of the same people he came up with, which is cool. Uh, no problem with that, uh, GBC fellas. But I feel like he realized, at least on some level, that for him musically, he's going to have to get away from those people. And he did. I mean, that, none of the shit on there had it. Uh, I think on part two which i think had some level of you know his insight taken into it before he passed away uh i don't think there's any of those weed carriers on there either and i don't mean to be mean those people but they just are not gonna make him use it um yeah they, they fucking I, I, I hate i honestly gotta hate like most of the people that he featured with and i don't think any, most of them were on there either even though like i think kind of had to clear some of their i think they actually had to like talk like smoke ASAC and they had to talk to these guys but okay can you clear this can you clear that because I think they had I think some of these songs were with people some something to that effect and yeah um I tell to say that this is a guy that was 
clearly maturing in, in his later um, songs and, and productions. Life is beautiful. Still, want to think maybe I, I think Honest God like probably his best written song in terms of a verse. Period. Um, I, by far. Uh, I, it goes to a lane that's I think the farthest out from like I know it's still like a kind of deviation from what he wants to talk about like oh you know I'm kind of life and, and uh, you know my my peer my nearby peers judge me and all that uh, society and a whole extends out and he really goes from local to society to social in that structure of that verse like it spans out but I, I think it touches in a way that's different than any of his other songs especially um, pre that album. And then, um, you know, leaning back in my seat, uh, you know, really had a lot of, he had a lot of slower injury that was displayed on that album. Like he could just ride a slow beat. Um, and I'm sure he could do that before that, but it's just, I think it was more of a centerpiece at that point. Um, and at times you can tell that some of the songs are like a little bit like younger, like I would say feeling down, feeling down, falling down the joint McConan, um, uh, sunlight on your skin. I think that sounds for me like more like 2016 peep uh, than 2017-ish. Um, I don't really know the date of it, but that's what it sounds to me. But even those, I mean, those, you know, he wanted, it sounded like he wanted a rock artist on there. I don't know if he wanted Fall Out Boy because they ended up being on there, but it sounded like he wanted, wanted a rock artist and was rock influence on the album. And, uh, there's space on there for other people. It's pretty much like more of just, even the version that has McCone on it was like just pretty much a hook, you know? McCone did the most of the work as far as a verse goes. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really good album. Uh, right away, still a kind of young, young, um, you know, recalcitrant, malcontent energy that kind of fueled his earlier project. But I just think it's a little bit more grown. Like, you know, if you think about what that, the first, like, third of his documentary is about, like, really kind of, like, self-distancing from those, you know, supposedly peers that he had at his school in the city town. I think you could pretty much summarize all that into just run away. Really good. And I do like that. That's a really good intro track. And circle to circle back on my point, um, if this is a project that you like, please tell uh let me know why specifically because a lot of people that are peep stands do not like this album. Uh, and a lot of people stands are fucking annoying. I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of people stands clearly are kind of like, I guess, me and some odd future stands with Tyler the Creator, where like they were not willing to mature with the artist. Um, and unlike Tyler the Creator, you know, kind of, I don't think people had to flesh out, you know, um, homeostasis where some of those people kind of were able to live and be like, okay, well, I still see parts of this guy in this music, you know, kind of music was more mature but Pete died so like it's you don't really get to you don't really get to look into the artist's uh life and and mindset when he was making this older and cleaner music at the very least so that's unfortunate but uh definitely but let me know if you do like this this um project and let me know why I, I like it uh specifically because it's lyrically I think his best album uh it doesn't have the same level of hits i think that, and, and i mean it's only like seven songs in the part one but it still doesn't have the level of hit that that part one had like to me part one i think ben's truck is probably one of his five best hits i think save that shit is probably his best hit um and i think awful things 
is probably his best song with Tracy. Well, it's his best. Like, I don't know if they necessarily like look to make hits together, but if they were, I think that's probably his closest thing to a clean, great, like mainstream hit with Tracy. Uh, Tracy's like kind of wildness is toned down a lot, which you know you can say if that's sacrificing artists and uh, you know vision or whatever and doing that. But I mean, it's clear with that song they want to go for something that's a little bit more normal than they usually do, and. Um, I think I think Tracy would have done well, like really, really, really well on that verse. Um, so yeah, that and the Bright Stars uh, did a lot of numbers too. I think it was the lead. I think it was the lead single off of that album, either that or Ben's Truck. But that was also another good one. And I'm trying to think. Um, you said it was solid. That was a decent one. Uh, Better off dead was in. But you know that's a really like the first like four off of there. You know that that's, that's a really good run. And I, I like some of the best songs off of um, Part Two. I mean, "Sets My Ass" is a a really, really groovy track that I didn't think that people could do. Uh, it, it takes, I mean, it's pretty similar to thematics, I think, with the Peep has Fish Pressure Four, but it's it's just production-wise, like it's just such like a kind of almost stands out of the the hip hop uh, genre. Period. I really like that song. I would love to see like what he would do, like a Part Three or like. Uh, sometimes like culminates in a fusion of those two albums. I would love to see that, but I think that's about all the material Pete has in him, you know, as a living artist. And I hope they don't like just like expunge like other shit that he didn't want to or didn't finish. Uh, a la that fucking last album from S. God, I fucking, I fucking hate S as a state. But that's it for me. Uh, hope y'all got something out of this. It's a little bit longer than I expected it to be. It had a lot more history than I, I wanted it to have, but I think that. That beginning does a lot to express like why I think this guy took such a step um, as an artist. And uh, peace.